Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Wesley assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Destiny Decisions, brothers and sisters. Decisions determine our destiny, and making godly choices is not always easy. So what will we do? We will utilize the Bible to instruct us on the methodology to use to do so. Brothers and sisters, destiny decisions, how to make decisions according to our destiny. We have to first start in Romans, brothers and sisters. We're going to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul has something critical that he wants us to understand. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Do what? And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But what, brother? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now that's key. The renewing of your mind. Your mind must be renewed, brothers and sisters. And usually that's the last thing we change. See? Why? Because the, the Pharisees, they were doing, they weren't eating pork and observing the Sabbath, but the mind was sick, brothers and sisters. And one thing you'll learn is the mind is the place of the greatest conflict, brothers and sisters. That is, the, the mind is the battlefield that Satan looks for, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Satan, he cannot use your car. He cannot use your bank account. He needs your mind, brothers and sisters. There's statistics out there that show you a lot of people, they wake up in the morning after getting eight to nine hours of sleep and still are tired. Why? Because they slept, but they gained no rest, brothers and sisters. So what's critical is what Paul is saying here. Can you read that from the top, brother, a little louder? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So your mind have to be renewed in order to understand what is good, brothers and sisters. And that's key because life is after your mind, brothers and sisters. Life is after your mind. We are perfectly useless if all we do is conform to the world around us, brothers and sisters. So we need a new way of looking at things. We need a new perspective, brothers and sisters. Because the actions have changed. Yeah, I'm not eating pork. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> it's easy to change all the things that you can see, brothers and sisters. And see, that's where the Pharisees fell short. That's why Christ said, you're... Righteousness must exceed the righteousness of a Pharisee because the mind, the heart is wicked. It's filthy, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson will help us get a better perspective, get some clarity concerning decision making, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will help us renew our mind, renew our outlook, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time and we'll move forward, Brother Wesley. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, to prove what that is good, acceptable and perfect will, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if you use your old mindset, you will never be able to prove what's good, what's acceptable and perfect in the will of the Most High God because you're looking at it. From a different aspect. You're looking at it with your old mind. Being born again, brothers and sisters. <laughs> that's a changing. That's a renewal. That's a transformation. That's a reformation, 
brothers and sisters, that must take place in the mind. We're going to show you. Let's go to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, Brother Wesley. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 6. We're going to read 1 and 2, brother. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1. Destiny decisions. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. And what? And it is common among men. So look at this, brothers and sisters. When it says, I have seen evil under the sun, that means on the earth. Solomon wanted to know how the earth worked, brothers and sisters. Everything on earth, Solomon had knowledge of. And he's showing us something that is common among men. So that's why we went into this, brothers and sisters. You'll see why. Read the next scripture, Brother Wesley. Ecclesiasticus, Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 2. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. Yet what? Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. So the Most High can give a man riches, wealth, and honor, everything that his soul desireth. Yet the Most High does not give him power to enjoy it. When it says, God giveth him not power to eat thereof, it's talking about enjoyment, brothers and sisters. So the Most High can give you all these things, or you can have all of this, which you think you want will make you happy. But if the Most High doesn't give you the gift of enjoyment, nothing will satisfy. Nothing will produce long-lasting joy. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. See, this is vanity. It's a disease, brothers and sisters. What is the scripture showing us? The scripture is showing us enjoyment does not come with increased possessions or obtaining the things we think will make us happy. Enjoyment is a gift that God must get, brothers and sisters. And if he withholds it, no amount of effort can gain it, brothers and sisters. Man can acquire nothing unless God permits him to have it. And that's what we're showing you. Because we've always looked at those of high stature, those of wealth, brothers and sisters, who have everything that we want. And they're killing themselves. They're getting high. They're getting drunk. But yet they have millions of dollars. All these women, all these cars, they're respected amongst their peers. Yet they're not happy. Yet they're committing suicide. Why? <laughs> See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. Enjoyment is a gift. And why are we going into this? Because destiny decisions, a lot of times we make decisions based on what we think will make us happy. But according to the scripture, those things will not make me happy unless the Most High gives me the gift to enjoy what I'm pursuing, brothers and sisters. And this is key. This is key. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 5 and 19, Brother Wesley, because we need a renewed mind. This is the beginning of that renewed mind. Brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and have given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. This is what? This is the gift of God. Brothers and sisters. It says whom the most high has allowed to rejoice in his labor. This is a gift of God. 
See? So what we're learning is Satan has beguiled us into servitude, brothers and sisters, to be slaves to our passions in pursuit of fulfillment. Why? Because we're pursuing something that the Most High will not allow to make me happy. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth. So everyone whom the Most High who have given riches and wealth. And have given him power to eat thereof. Power to enjoy it. And to take his portion. And to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. This is what? This is the gift of God. See, we will never be able to experience true felicity in capturing our desires, brothers and sisters. That's why it's called the pursuit of happiness. Because when you obtain it, if the Most High haven't signed off on this, you will not be happy. You will chase something else, brothers and sisters. See, what we're learning here is people pursue many substitutes for the Most High, which prolongs our journey of emptiness, brothers and sisters. See, why do we go to Romans 2? Because we needed a renewed perspective, a renewed mind. And this is where it begins. Understanding that chasing what my passion is or desire, unless the Most High give me the gift to enjoy it, I will not be able to. See, because Satan will have you use your life in the pursuit of this happiness that can only come from the Most High, brothers and sisters. So we have to understand this. We must understand this. You obtain what you think you want, and then three months later, it's in the corner somewhere. Why? Because it's that pursuit of happiness. You wake up and you're, you know, you're 70 years old, and the only thing you've been doing is pursuing things to fulfill your flesh that did not make you happy um, you know, amongst this consumption. This is key knowledge. This is some... This is a wealth of knowledge coming from Solomon, brothers and sisters, that enjoyment is a gift from the Most High God. See, they don't teach this in the Christian church. They don't teach us this. And this is why we use our life pursuing all of these things. And when we get it, it still doesn't make us happy. And then what do we do? We turn our focus on something else to pursue that. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand this before making decisions. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 6. Chapter 6, we're going to read 7 through 10, Brother Wesley. What does that say, Brother? Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth. Read that again. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. See, all the labor of man is for his mouth, which means what? For pleasure. Everything we do is for pleasure, brothers and sisters. It seems that our pleasure and not our mind is our master. Brothers and sisters, and the source of our pursuit will never satisfy us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because satisfaction outside of the Most High, it's an illusion, brothers and sisters. It's a shadow. It's not there, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what had the wise more than the fool? Read that part again. For what had the wise more than the fool? What had the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? So look at this, brothers and sisters. It's showing you the hereditary disease of pursuit of happiness. <laughs> it falls on every man. That's why it says, what more hath a wise man than a fool or a poor man? That, you know, uh, uh, a poor person who know to walk before the living. 
So what is this showing us? It's showing us that both have insatiable appetites for ple- uh, for pleasure, brothers and sisters. Both are equally subject to the same calamities and partake of the same comforts of this life. So just because a man or a woman have what you desire doesn't make them happy. Why? Because they're in the pursuit, brothers and sisters. See, there really is no difference. Every person walking is pursuing things to fulfill themselves. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, how much money you have. We all are pursuing something to fulfill that emptiness, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of the spirit. This is what? This is also vanity and vexation of the spirit. See? So, it leads to vanity and the heaviness of the spirit, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10. That which hath been is named already. What does that say? That which hath been is named already. And it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. What is this showing us, brothers and sisters? This is showing us that man is up against the unalterable decree of the Most High. The Most High has decreed that enjoyment cannot be found by effort, by cleverness, nor pursuit of pleasure. Brothers and sisters, enjoyment must be taken as a gift from God's hand. That's why it says, that which have been is is named already, and it is known that it is men. So the Most High is saying, I know what will please a man. You can't change that. That's why it says, neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he, brothers and sisters. This law cannot be altered. And we have to understand that and accept that, brothers and sisters. Everything has been already created from the beginning. This law has been created from the beginning, brothers and sisters. Read 10 one more time, brother. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10. That which hath been is named already. And it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Continue. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity. Read that again. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity. What is man the better? So it's just showing you once we capture the object of our desire, it increases our vanity, brothers and sisters. See, so as long as our joy is yoked to something carnal, we'll never experience happiness Brothers and sisters, this is what he's showing you. Just obtaining your desire, guess what? It increases the vanity, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Because why? It won't fulfill. And then you'll be on that journey again, brothers and sisters. See, this is where that renewed mind come in, brothers and sisters, on what enjoyment is. The things that we yearn for, that we believe, I'll be good if I get that. You're never that good. Right? You say, Father, if you just give me this one thing, I'll never ask again. Is that true? Or in two weeks, or two months, six months, are you asking for something else? <laughs> How many times have we said that, brothers and sisters? Father, just give me this, just get me out of this, and I'll never ask for anything again. The Bible telling me that's a bold-faced lie. There's many things that increase vanity, and it's obtaining your pursuit of happiness. Which is an illusion if it's not from the most high. Whether it's the car, whether it's the job, whether it's the house, whether it's the man, whether it's the child, whether it's the woman, brothers and sisters. This will increase the vanity, brothers and sisters. 
So we have to understand this. This is a wealth of knowledge here coming from Solomon, brothers and sisters. This is a wealth of knowledge where he's showing us things that really can't be seen with the naked eye, brothers and sisters. Things that are common amongst man. So we have to keep this in mind when making destiny decisions because every decision is supposed to, you know, get you closer to your destination, brothers and sisters. See, the world loves it. Satan loves it when we make incorrect choices. When we, you know, when we go into things that the Most High don't want us into because they just want you as a victim. They don't care how old you are, especially once you're 18. You may think you're young, but the world don't look at you as young, brothers and sisters. They look at you as somebody they can victimize, brothers and sisters. So this is key here. You can't use youth as an excuse, brothers and sisters, because the world is unforgiving. The world is unforgiving. They don't care how old you are. They want you to make the wrong choice so they can keep you in servitude. You know, whether it's spiritual servitude, servitude for money, servitude to your passions, your pleasures. Because while you're doing all that, while you're pursuing that, you're not pursuing the most high because you can't pursue two things at once. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tell you David was a man after the most high's own heart. See, what are you going to pursue? Because if you're pursuing happiness outside of him, you're going to increase that vanity and you're going to have the vexation of spirit, brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse 24, brother. I encourage everybody, especially men, to read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a it's a wealth of knowledge, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes two and twenty four, brother. Chapter 2, verse 24. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it is from the hand of God. This also what? This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. What this scripture is telling you, this isn't about just food and drinking. This is about enjoying the fruits of your labor, working towards something and enjoy being able to enjoy it, brothers and sisters. But it also tells you, read that again. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24. There is nothing better for a man. Read that again. There is nothing better for a man. There is nothing better for a man or woman. Than that he should eat and drink. And that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. See, that he or she should make their soul enjoy in what they're pursuing. This also I saw. That it was from the hand of God. See, so without the gift of enjoyment, nothing will satisfy brothers and sisters. Nothing. It's impossible to enjoy life as believers until we have God's perspective on living, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Read the next scripture, brother. For who, for who can eat or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom. Read that again. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge. Where it says wisdom and knowledge, that's the understanding to discern the operation of his hand, brothers and sisters. And joy. And what? And joy. Look at that. God gives to those who have found his favor the sense of enjoyment, brothers and sisters. But to the sinner, he giveth travail. Read that part again. But to the sinner... He giveth travail. He will not allow us to find pleasure in things which he does not want us to have, brothers and sisters. And that's critical. 
We must understand this because a lot of our decisions are based on enjoyment or joy or what we believe will make me happy. See? So usually if I don't get it from him, I'll get it myself. And when you get it yourself, guess what? You will not enjoy it. In fact, it's going to bring you more trouble. It's going to bring you travail. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse 26, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. For God give it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom, and knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. That also is vanity and vexation of spirit. See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. You, you can work to whatever you think you're working towards. But if it's not right in his sight, you will not enjoy it. The burden will be greater than the value of what you've obtained, brothers and sisters. Anybody ever obtained something they wanted, but the burden was so heavy it wasn't worth it? <laughs> That's what will happen, brothers and sisters. And this is an unalterable law, an unalterable decree, brothers and sisters, from the Most High. There is no way to break this current, excuse me, break this kingdom principle. This is a principle of the kingdom. This is how the earth works, brothers and sisters. And see, the fact that you're listening to this broadcast now, you should thank the Most High. Because you have the knowledge, brothers and sisters. This knowledge Gentiles don't have. You can't get this from the Gita. You can't get this from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. You can't get this information from the Quran, brothers and sisters. The Most High loved us so much that he gave you insight into that which you cannot see. Brothers and sisters, what are we learning here? Just in the few scriptures that we've gone into, that enjoyment is a gift from the most high. Brothers and sisters, doesn't matter if it's money. You know, you could be a billionaire. doesn't mean you're happy. And this is the answer to why these celebrities are not happy. Brothers and sisters, those who have the 10 car garage, the, the 10 cars, the, the 10 wives, the, the, you know, the sugar daddies. Look at this, brothers and sisters. This is why they're not happy. See, for those of my elk who grew up like I grew up in the lower class, middle class, we never understood it. We're like, why is this brother depressed? Why is he killing, you know, why would he kill himself? He have everything I desire. <laughs> because people with money and wealth understand money and wealth don't give you happiness, brothers and sisters. It doesn't give you happiness. And we're learning that here. Because with this knowledge, we can make better decisions understanding this, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you a couple things here. Let's go to Isaiah 48 and 22, brother. We're sticking to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 20. 22. Verse 22. There is no peace, said the Lord, unto the wicked. Read that again. There is no peace, said the Lord, unto the wicked. Remember the previous scripture said, He giveth joy and wisdom to those who are in his will, but giveth travail to the sinners. And what does 22 say? There is no peace, said the Lord, unto the wicked. See, in the act of defiance, there can be no substantial happiness, brothers and sisters. There can be no permanent peace, enjoyment, or prosperity, brothers and sisters. For carnal things can furnish no such joys. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time, brother. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 22. There is no peace, said the Lord, 
unto the wicked, see? So even if you have what your desire is, your passion is, you will find no peace, brothers and sisters. Why? Because when we are non-compliant, there's often the reverse of peace, brothers and sisters. And foolish choices are frequently escorted by disappointment, distress, and bitterness, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you can't have happiness and joy if it's taking you sin to obtain it, brothers and sisters. And that's crystal clear. See, this is the information we need here to make better decisions. Understanding that I may obtain what it is I desire, but it matters how I get it, brothers and sisters. It does matter. That's the principle here, brothers and sisters. That is the principle here. And we're going to prove that through this lesson, brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs 13 and 15, brother. Followers, brothers and sisters. We're going to have Brother Wesley read Proverbs 13 and 15. What does that say, brother? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. Good understanding giving favor. What does that say? Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Look at that. The way of transgressors is hard, brothers and sisters. So the point of this text is that retribution soon follows inappropriate actions, brothers and sisters. It indicates the misery which intemperance brings, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. Good understandeth giving, giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. See, it's the hard way because it ends usually in a failure. It's the hard way because it's a path of sorrow and suffering, brothers and sisters. You're going to meet much resistance. When you go against the current, brothers and sisters, the most highest current that is, it's going to be hard. Because he cannot allow you to enjoy something you have to sin to get. And this is, we're just speaking of the principle. We're not speaking of anything specific, brothers and sisters. Just the principle. Because we have to understand this in order to make better decisions. Because what we do is what? We waste time. You look up five years later, seven years later, you're still attached to a decision you made seven years ago. That was the wrong decision. See? And guess what? Brothers and sisters, there's no more important commodity than time. Because time, you will not get back. You will get money back. You will get, you know, all this stuff you can get again. Time, when your number is called, your number is called, brothers and sisters. See? So a lot of us say, well, I wish when I was young I had this knowledge. Or I wish I, I knew this or took this road when I was young. Yeah, but, I mean, that's over with. So we're all getting older. We're not getting younger. We're all getting older, including me. And I don't want to have to look back six years from now and say, dang, I should have went this way because I didn't get confirmation to do that from him. And now I've wasted 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. That's what hurts, brothers and sisters. Good understanding giveth favor, brothers and sisters. But the way of transgressors is hard. Why? Because if you have the understanding of the Most High's mindset, you'll find favor with him. But if you go in the way of a transgressor, it's going to be hard, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Proverbs 13 and 11. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Why are we going here? Because we just said that it matters how you get 
what you want, brothers and sisters. That does matter. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. Read that again, brother. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. See? So many people say, well, the ends justify the means, but that's not the case. Results can be very deceiving, brothers and sisters, and it's impossible to acquire things against his perfect will, brothers and sisters. I mean, excuse me, it, it is possible, according to this scripture, read, read it one more time. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathered by labor shall increase. So it's showing you it is possible to obtain or acquire things against his perfect will. But the fulfillment from something improperly gained is temporary, brothers and sisters. That's why it says wealth gotten by vanity. So it shows you you can obtain what you want outside of his you know, instruction, but it will be diminished. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. See? So it is the deceitful nature of our wicked hearts to expect a favorable outcome from unethical techniques, brothers and sisters. And what we're dealing with is not the wealth. We're dealing with the principle here, brothers and sisters. You can get what you want, but if you have to get it in a way that's not right according to the Most High, you will not have long-lasting joy. Brothers and sisters. See? The brother may say, well, yeah, I sold drugs. I, I, you know, I, I was a stripper because I was trying to put my kids into, into a private school. Well, brother, that's a curse. <laughs> that's a curse. Because it does matter how you get what you want, brothers and sisters. See, that's the efficacy that the children of Israel must exhibit. We must display. See, it's not about the, it's not about the end. It's about how we got to that end. Brothers and sisters, that's called integrity, brothers and sisters. See, well, yeah, I, I robbed the liquor store because, I, you know, I was trying to uh, give 10 percent to the church. <laughs> the most High is like, listen, money gotten by sin. Is what it's cursed, it's cursed because Saul did that. Remember, Saul was supposed to kill the Amalekites and all of their cattle. And what did he do? He, he killed most of the Amalekites, but then he kept the cattle and said, well, we'll use this cattle to sacrifice to the Most High. And the Most High is like, you can't give me something from sin and then expect me to bless it. See? So what we're going into today is what, brothers and sisters? Destiny decisions. Decisions on the way to our destiny, brothers and sisters. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, which shows you what? You will never be able to hold on to something you got through sin, brothers and sisters. See? This is this knowledge, brothers and sisters, is something we must treasure in order to be successful, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 16 and 8, Brother Wesley. What does that say? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 8. Better is a little... A little with righteousness. Read that again. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Look at that. <laughs> Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So it's showing you if you compromise efficacy to get what you want, you're going to find enjoyment quite elusive. You're going to find fulfillment quite evasive, brothers and sisters. It's better to not have it. 
and stay in righteousness than to obtain it and be cursed, brothers and sisters. See? And this is a principle here. This isn't about one thing specifically. This is about all things. What we're learning today can be utilized in any in every decision, should be, that we make, brothers and sisters. Whether it's getting a new car, moving to another country, getting a new job. All this stuff that we pursue, brothers and sisters, we're going to put together, or excuse me, we're going to utilize what the Most High has put together to give us the methods in which to obtain our destiny, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 6, brother Wesley. What does that say? Proverbs chapter 28, verse 8. Verse 6, brother. Verse 6. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Read that again. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness, than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. See? So it's better to be without than to pursue something against his will, brothers and sisters. So if our happiness is connected to something carnal, you'll find that joy fraudulent, brothers and sisters. See? Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 6. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than, than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. See, so I'd rather not have it if he don't sign off on it, brothers and sisters. It says, than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. See, so you may be able to obtain what it is you want, but if you have to go against him or ignore him to do it, it would be better to have, you know, to lack what it is your heart yearned for. So what we're seeing here, brothers and sisters, is life is a series of choices based on priorities. Wise priorities lead to wise choices, which produce a successful life. So we have to learn to prioritize. Let's prove that. Let's go to Psalms, brother. Chapter 90, verse 12. Psalms chapter 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days. Do what? So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts brothers, unto wisdom. Brothers and sisters, look at this. Teach us to number our days. What is this talking about? This particular passage expresses the thought of putting in order, arranging the use of or prioritizing time. Teach us to number our days. See? Why? Because decisions are based on how we prioritize. So we must consider our value system. What or who do you value, brothers and sisters? Teach us to number our days. Why? Because we're all getting older, brothers and sisters. And we have to spend our time on what's most important. Not to me, but to the most high, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We must be taught to prioritize, brothers and sisters. See, without his instruction, our priorities are not right. So we must prioritize that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, which is showing us if we use time properly, that may be the greatest of wisdom, brothers and sisters. And why do we say that? Because busyness does not equal productivity, brothers and sisters. It doesn't. 
So if you organize your life around your passion, you've become a slave to that which you will not find enjoyment in. Why? Ecclesiastes said that you can only get the gift of enjoyment through the most high. <laughs> so if I chase something that I believe will make me happy and then I obtain it, let's say it take me two years to get what I think is going to make me happy. But the most high, he, he withholds the gift of enjoyment and I obtain it, then I've just wasted two years. See? So we must prioritize, brothers and sisters, and apply our hearts unto wisdom. Unto wisdom of what? What our priorities are. See? See, brothers and sisters, our decisions must be based on our priority. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brothers, 6 and 32. We're going to the Apographer, brothers and sisters. Please follow us there. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 6, verse 32. My son, if thou wilt, thou shalt be taught. If what? If thou wilt, thou shalt be taught. And if thou wilt apply thy mind, thou shalt be prudent. See, if thou wilt, thou shalt be taught. See, brothers and sisters? So you need to have a renewed mind. Some of us don't want to be taught. Brothers and sisters, we don't want to relinquish our perception. We don't want to relinquish what I want. He's telling you, listen, you have to allow me to teach you to prioritize. You have to allow me to teach you what should be priority. And if you will apply your mind to what I'm telling you to prioritize, you shall be prudent. So this is showing us your mind is your greatest asset, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 6 verse 32 My son if thou wilt thou shalt be taught if thou wilt apply thy mind thou shalt be prudent it says if you apply your mind thou shalt be prudent why because success is not accidental brothers and sisters it's deliberate you cannot be disciplined in great things and undisciplined in small things brothers and sisters why because the undisciplined minds are slaves to moods to appetites and passions, brothers and sisters. So we must begin to think with purpose, brothers and sisters. The mind is your greatest asset, brothers and sisters. You can stop celebrating Christmas and eating pork and, and all that, but if you don't change your mind, if you don't submit your mind to him, then you're going to find out on that day of judgment that you're going to a place of darkness and fire. Brothers and sisters, because your actions appeared to be right, but your mind was non-compliant. Brothers and sisters, in order to be successful, we must apply our mind. Brothers and sisters, if thou wilt apply thy mind, thou shalt be prudent. Success is never accidental. It's always purpose. Brothers and sisters, you don't succeed or become successful on accident. Brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Let's go to Psalms 119, brother. In verse 66. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 119, verse 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Do what? Teach me good judgment and knowledge. For I have believed thy commandments. See? So a massive manual. Filled with instructions for every in, for every conceivable issue that may arise is contained where, brothers and sisters, in his Bible. 
in our Bible. Read that one more time. Psalms chapter 119, verse 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Good judgment is the form of godliness, which the godly man most needs and most desires, brothers and sisters. For I have believed thy commandments. See, where it says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me goodness. Teach me discernment. See, why? Because our knowledge is so sadly inaccurate and imperfect, excuse me, and imperfect. Without him teaching me what good judgment is, I will never make the right choices. We don't, we're not designed to make choices on our own, brothers and sisters. We are very dependable. We should be dependable on him. And that's key. Teach me good judgment. Why? Because I don't have good judgment without you, Father. And for me to be able to say that, or for you to be able to say that, you must humble yourself, brothers and sisters, and understand your judgment is off. If you're not receiving the instruction and direction from your spiritual GPS, which is the Most High, the Holy Spirit. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Psalms chapter 25, verse 12, because he said, teach me good judgment, which means without him teaching me good judgment, I'll always make the wrong choice. Psalms chapter 25, verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Look at that, brothers and sisters. You must fear the Most High, which means submit to him. And he will teach you the way in which we shall choose. He will direct us in all dealings to make good choices. Why? Because our conclusions devoid of his instructions are ill-advised and grotesque. Brothers and sisters, read that again, brother. Psalms chapter 25, verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Go ahead. His soul shall dwell at ease. His what? His soul shall dwell at ease. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> when you make the right choices, you can rest on the right choice, brothers and sisters. See? When you make the right choice, you will dwell at ease. It's when you're battling it, when you're battling what he's teaching you and telling you, that's where that unrest, that uneasiness come, brothers and sisters. When you make the right choice, you can rest in that. See, it's showing us that your destiny is a direct derivative of your decisions, brothers and sisters. Read that from the top, brother. Psalms chapter 25, verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in his way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Choosing incorrectly can have devastating effects on the generations to come, brothers and sisters. See, think about it. Certain decisions that our parents made, certain things that our parents did shape our perception now. Well, because my father walked out with another woman when I was eight years old, this is how I look at the earth. Or because my mother did this to me when I was young or, or didn't protect me here, that has shaped how I look at things now. Think about it, brothers and sisters. Is there anything that your parents have done that changes how you feel today, how you look at things today? See? It's showing you decisions are destiny decisions. They can change the future. Brothers and sisters, 
This is critical. Well, yeah, my dad, you know, he had a lot of women. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm doing what my dad did. See? Read the next scripture, brother. Psalms chapter 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. See, he's saying, I'll give you secrets, my secrets, if you respect me. If you submit to me, I will show you the secrets that I've concealed from the earth. See, brothers and sisters, I will teach him in the way that he shall choose. See, we need the most how to teach us how to make godly decisions, brothers and sisters. So never making a life altering decision without first doing what? Going to the father and having him show you the way, brothers and sisters. That way you can dwell at ease, brothers and sisters. That's the only way to dwell at ease is to understand what the most high wants from you and to do that. Because if you do what you want to do outside of his perfect will, you will not dwell at ease, brothers and sisters. You're going to meet resistance. You're going to meet vexation of the spirit. You're going to meet heaviness. You're going to meet anger. You're going to meet suffering. You're going to meet bitterness, brothers and sisters. He's given us key information on how to dwell at ease, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. Brother Wesley, we're going to go to Proverbs uh, chapter 1. We're going to read verse 33, brother. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely. What did that say? But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely. And shall be quieted from fear of evil. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Attending to his instruction leads to tranquility, brothers and sisters. See, this is the value of making godly decisions, brothers and sisters. This is why we must submit. (laughs) Understand that what my heart is telling me is wrong. See, I go right to these scriptures and say, Father, you told me to do this. And I would receive this. See, hold the most high accountable. Say, well, Father, you said if I did this, you would do this. (laughs) Because he loves to keep his word, brothers and sisters. But you can only do that if you submit. See? Either that or the most high is a liar. Either he's directing me to do this, but it's not going to make me happy or it didn't make me happy, which means the Bible's a lie. The most high is a lie. See? And I'm not willing to ever go that far. My heart is lying. I'm lying. Ever before the Bible is wrong or the Most High have told me something that was not valid. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. But whoso hearketh unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quieted from fear of evil. See? So we're far more likely to experience joy, peace, and success in this mortal life if we do what? Hearken, which means listen. Unto the Most High in the way which we should choose, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. That is crystal clear, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John chapter 7, verse 24, because the Bible is going to show us the methodology to make godly decisions. John chapter 7, verse 24. Judge not according to the appearance. But judge righteous judgment. See, (laughs) this is why he said, I must teach you the way in which you shall choose. See, read that one more time, brother. 
John chapter 7, verse 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. See? So this is showing us what, brothers and sisters? This is showing us that not every open door is from the Most High. Just because a door is open doesn't mean you need to walk through it, brothers and sisters, even though it may appear to be a great opportunity. Why? Because Satan is always looking to divert us, brothers and sisters. Just because something looks good to the eye, see, that's the lust of the eyes. That's exactly what he was telling you. That's exactly what the Bible is telling you about, the lust of the eyes. Because through my perception, it looks like this, I, I don't see what could be wrong about this. Read that again. John chapter 7 verse 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. See? So there's nothing more deceptive than an open door, brothers and sisters. So, you know, discerning God's will for us can seem like murky business. Discovering his will, though, is not always as obvious as we would like it to be, brothers and sisters. And that's key that we understand that. See? That's key that we're understanding that. Don't base your decision on what it looks like, brothers and sisters. I didn't have sisters say, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I know he's, he's for me because I went back, you know, I left my key at the house and then uh, I went back to get my key and then he was there about to catch the bus. I'm like, <laughs> sister, I mean, that may be what you want to believe, but that's not wise, sister. But this is what people do. This is exactly what people do. They come up with these figment of their imagination on why something is supposed to be. Maybe it's about a car. Maybe it's about a job. Maybe it's about a house. This is what we do. Judge not according to the appearance, brothers and sisters, but judge righteous judgment. See? So this is telling us not every open door is from the most high. And we must understand that in order to make proper destiny decisions. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 19 and 15, brothers and sisters. Usually, what you'll read here is the door that God opens will be accompanied by confirmation, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin. In any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses. At what? At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. See, the door that God opens will be accompanied by confirmation, brothers and sisters. He will often confirm or establish a matter by two or three witnesses, brothers and sisters. So sometimes he's sending people that saying, well, nah, don't do that, brother. Don't do that. Or he's, he's sending somebody saying, yeah, that, that right there is from the Most High. You should do that. Two or three witnesses. See? Usually when he's trying to communicate with us, we probably already know the answer, but we're waiting on confirmation. And that confirmation usually comes from someone else, brothers and sisters. I had to deal with that. Many years ago when I was in my teenage years, people would say certain things concerning my attitude or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, well, no, no, you just don't know what you're talking about. And then when two or three people come, you're like, okay, well, maybe I need to look at that. <laughs> Maybe I need to look at that. Why is everybody saying the same thing? See? So if you ignore that, then what? Now you're rejecting his knowledge. You're rejecting his instruction, brothers and sisters. You're showing your pride because two or three, four or five people have come to you and said the same thing. And you'll go against that. 
<laughs> See? This is how you judge righteous judgment, brothers and sisters. This is how you judge righteous judgment. Read that one more time, brother, please. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin. And, and any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. See, so either way, brothers and sisters, if you get two, three, four people coming to you saying, well, you know, you need to watch out for that. Or one way or another, whether it's the positive or it's the negative aspect of it, understand that's the most high usually trying to confirm something he've already told you. That either you, you're ignoring or you just don't have clarity on it. Because sometimes we think it's the devil and really it's the most high. <laughs> People are like, no, nah, that's the devil. That's the devil telling me not to eat pork. <laughs> this is what we do sometimes, brothers and sisters. So in order for you to have clarity, I'm going to send a couple people to confirm what I want you to do or what I don't want you to do. See, brothers and sisters, we're showing you that not every door is from the Most High. Let's go to Revelations, Brother Wesley. I'm going to go to Revelations chapter 3, verse 8, brother. We're going to see what that says. Revelations chapter 3, verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. I have what? I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Look at that, brothers and sisters. If the door won't open for you, then that door may not be the one God wants you to walk through. I need you to look at that, brothers and sisters. Read that again, please. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. And what? And no man can shut it. For thou hast, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word. And has not denied my name. See, so look at that. There's a difference in an open door and you opening a door, brothers and sisters. So the key is knowing how to discern if an opportunity is really an open door from the Most High. Or is there Satan standing on the other side of that door? Because Satan will give you options. <laughs> Just because you're receiving something doesn't mean you got it from the Most High, brothers and sisters. Because Satan told Christ, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you everything you see. I'll give you rulership of dominions and kingdoms. See? So Satan will give options, brothers and sisters. So we're, we're seeing something here. How to know if this door is for me, if this choice is for me, brothers and sisters. If you have to do acrobatics, you need to be careful of that, brothers and sisters. You really need to be careful of that. Because it says that the door I have opened for thee, no man can shut, brothers and sisters. No man. Brother Wesley, let's go to Psalms 25 and 4, brother. We're going back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 25, verse 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Do what? Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Look at that. On thee I shall wait. See? <clears throat> Show me thy ways. Teach me thy paths. See? You have to ask the Most High for the instruction. Is this something I should be doing? And if not, relinquish it, brothers and sisters. See? Relinquish it. Why? Because the decisions we make are going to be a path to our destiny. 
There's a correlation between your destiny and your decisions, brothers and sisters. Our, de our destiny speaks to where we're going to end up. Your decisions show me how you're going to get there, brothers and sisters. That's why I say, show me thy ways. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in truth. And then it tells you, I will wait all day. You ever remember those GPS, brothers and sisters, where you follow the GPS to get to a destination <laughs> and the GPS says, go straight for seven and a half miles. And then a lot of times, sometimes, you know, it'll go quiet after that. And you'll have to press that little button for it to say, you know, am I on the right path? And it tells you, stay straight. <laughs> See? So you don't move until he says move, brothers and sisters. Because if you move before and then try to get confirmation afterwards, now you're going to backtrack. Because you, you, you led yourself. I didn't tell you to make a, a U-turn there. I didn't say make left right there. And then you're going to blame him for it. <laughs> I never told you to do that. That's what the father saying. Wait on me. Wait on me. And I'll tell you if you need to do so. And just because I haven't said anything doesn't mean yes. It typically means no, at least for now. You used to ask your mama, mama, can I, you know, can I go outside? She don't answer you. That don't mean go outside, brothers and sisters. That means go sit down somewhere and find something to do. <laughs> That's what that means. That's why the Bible says, if you don't come as a little child, we have to come back into our childhood of how we dealt with our natural parents. That will teach us how to understand the Most High God, brothers and sisters. We must be led in truth. We must be taught, but we must want to be taught, brothers and sisters. And that's key. And what we're doing is we're going to use the Bible to teach us how to make proper decisions. First, brother, we're going to go to Psalms 19 and 2. Why? Because we must slow down. Down, brothers and sisters, wise decisions are informed decisions, so we cannot rush. That's the first tenet of proper decision making, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. Also, that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good, and he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. In what? And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. See, this is talking about fast decisions, brothers and sisters. See, we have to ask ourselves, is time forcing me to make a premature decision? Because if you start talking about the time, or I have a small window to do this, then you're about to sin. You're about to sin because you're making it your decision based on a time frame that's not the most highest time frame. It's your time frame. See? That's why we just were talking about the GPS. See, you have to wait and hold form until he say go or he say no. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. Also, that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. See, so priority and urgency are not the same, brothers and sisters. Decisions driven by urgency often prove to be wrong. While decisions driven by priorities prove to be right, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if you don't have the, you know, all the knowledge, how many of us have made a decision and then got more knowledge after we had already committed to something? And you're like, oh man, I wish I knew that before. 
sister said, well, yeah, uh, Ronnie never told me he was a homosexual. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You wish you had that information before you tied that knot, don't you, sister? Don't rush. Don't rush, brothers and sisters. It says, he that hasteneth with his feet shall sin. You're on the path to sin because you're making priorities based on a time frame instead of the most highest time frame, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. Let's go to Proverbs 21 and 5, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to the pleasantness, plentiness, plentiness but of everyone that is hasty only to want. But what? But of everyone that is hasty only to want. See, it's more important to make a wise decision than a quick decision, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Why? Because a diligent man is patient in his thoughts and efforts. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to the, the plentiness, plentiness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. See, so success starts in the head, brothers and sisters. The diligent plan, because success is always intentional, brothers and sisters. Don't be hasty. Why? Because you're overlooking things. You, you're, you're in a bind. You're allowing time or time frame to provoke an irresponsible or ill-advised decision when you don't have, you know, you don't have all the information. You can't make a good decision with bad information, brothers and sisters. And guess what? The door that the Most High opened can't be closed. <laughs> See, so if you're rushing, that's definitely not the Most High. Because you don't have to rush for Him. That door that He have cannot be closed. So look at that, brothers and sisters. See? If you're up against time, usually it's the wrong decision because the door he opened cannot be closed, brothers and sisters. And that's crystal clear. Today's lesson is destiny decision, brothers and sisters. We're using the manual that is called the Bible to train us in proper judgment. Why? Because we will be the judges of the earth. So you must understand how to make proper decisions, brothers and sisters, godly decisions, starting with the smallest things, to the greatest things. Why? Because he who is, great, uh, who is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. Brothers and sisters. If you're making wrong decisions on the smallest decisions, you definitely won't be trusted to make grand decisions. Brothers and sisters. To prove that, we have to go to Luke 14. We're going to Luke 14, brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 14. Verse 28, for which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? So look at this. It's just telling us to weigh the consequences, brothers and sisters. Who builds a house without sitting down first and counting how much it's going to cost? See, and you can't do this when you're moving too fast. You can't look at both sides of this, the pros and the cons. And usually, if a person saying, well, I can't see nothing bad coming out of this, then you, you, I mean, you're probably not being honest with yourself. You're probably trying to convince yourself right now. So the Bible is telling you, before you make a decision, find out what this is going to cost you. And we're not just talking about monetarily. 
Brothers and sisters, read that again, brother. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Least haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. <laughs> so look at that. Where people will mock you because you, you made a decision that you were not properly prepared for. You didn't know the burden that was going to come with that decision. See? This is showing us what? One careless decision can lead to long-term consequences, brothers and sisters. And good decision-making takes long-range thinking. It takes integrity, brothers and sisters. Read. Saying. Read 29, brother. Luke chapter 14, verse 29. Least happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Read. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him, with 20,000. See, so this is the proper, prudent thinking, brothers and sisters. See, what can go wrong? What is the pros and cons? How far am I willing to go? Because usually we're moving so quick that we don't think about all of this. We expect everything to go exactly how it is in your mind. And it never does, brothers and sisters. It never does. See? Read, brother. Luke chapter 14 verse 32 or else while the other is yet a great way off he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace so likewise whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath he cannot be my disciple so brothers and sisters what is this showing you this is showing you decisions will cost you brothers and sisters why because it's a destiny decision it's a destiny decision, brothers and sisters. Who build a tower without counting the cost? See? Who goes to war with somebody and not knowing I'm going to have to lose something out of this war? It's about counting the cost. Gathering all the information, brothers and sisters. Because it's easy to make a bad decision on poor information. Because you don't have it. Somebody just told you the good part. When they sell you a car, brothers and sisters, you think they're going to go into the bad part of it? No, I'm trying to sell you something. And usually when we're trying to sell ourselves something, we only go into the good part. We never go into what the ramifications can be. Physically, spiritually, what can be the, the you know, what can be the reciprocity from the most high? We don't go into none of that. We just go into, well, this is what I want. Whether that's a car, it's to move, a certain job, whatever the case may be, brothers and sisters. We deceive ourselves. The Bible tells you about that. Is it worth it? See? Everything is not worth what you're going to have to relinquish in order to get something, brothers and sisters. We're proving that. Let's go to Proverbs, brother. We're going to Proverbs 18 and 15. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge. And the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Brothers and sisters, look at this. Read that again. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. The heart of the prudent, prudent 
Getteth knowledge. Gather all the information you need. See both sides of it. And the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Read verse 17, brother. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just. Read that again. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just. But his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. So look at that, brothers and sisters. This is talking about being open to new ideas as being important of good decision making. Because when you're only hearing one side of something, yeah, that fits what you want it to fit. But what about the other side of it? <laughs> In order to make good decisions, you must be willing to look at both sides of an issue, brothers and sisters. Why? You cannot make a good decision with poor information. That's why it says, he that is first in his own cause seems just. So when there is nobody on the other side, or there is no other information than what you're presenting, the good part of it, everything seemed good. But when somebody come with a different perspective or aspect on it, then you really have to prove it. See? This is crystal clear, brothers and sisters. We must be open to new ideas as a part of making good decisions, brothers and sisters. Don't get your mind set on one thing and say, this is what I set my mind on first. There's nothing you can say to me that's going to change it. There's no information you're going to give me that's going to change it. See, when you're there, that's called stubborn, brothers and sisters. When you're already saying, well, there's nothing that you're going to be able to give me any information that's going to lead me to change my mind. Especially when you're not reading something out of the Bible, brothers and sisters. Now, somebody saying, well, yeah, let me show you something that says pork is okay. That, that's not going to happen because the Bible is clear where it says don't eat pork. But we're talking about in life, brothers and sisters. We get set on something and then we have to fulfill that. We cannot change it because I've already set my mind on that. We have to be clear, brothers and sisters. And that means being prudent means what? Getting both sides of a situation before I make a decision that could affect my future. We're going to go to Proverbs 22 and 3, Brother Wesley. What does that say, Brother? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil. Read that again. A prudent man foreseeth the evil. So wise men are farsighted or foresighted, brothers and sisters. They're myopic. Excuse me, they're not myopic, brothers and sisters. They look ahead for potential trouble. And hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. See, so showing you a prudent man or a wise man, they avoid a painful future by altering their decisions today. See, brothers and sisters, wisdom soberly looks ahead before making decisions. You have to see what could go wrong. Because if you don't even want to look at that part, then you're deceiving yourself. And you know it. And the, Satan knows it too. Because you don't want to look at it from that perspective. Because why? It'll damage your fantasy that's in your head. That everything's going to go right if you just make this decision. Whatever decision that may be, brothers and sisters. And this is for all of us. Because why? If you're going to be a judge of the earth, you must know how to judge properly. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. See? So pessimism is safer, excuse me, is safer than optimism, brothers and sisters. This is showing us fools are nearsighted. 
They confidently rush on with little regard to the risk and future consequences. And we, like we said before, success depends on seeing results in advance, brothers and sisters. You must see the results in advance. And is this going to turn out to failure? Is this going to turn out to success? A prudent man foreseeth the evil. You have to look for it in order to see it, brothers and sisters. He's teaching us something here. He's teaching us, brothers and sisters. So, the first tenet is doing what? Not making decisions based on time constraints, brothers and sisters. Unless it's the most high time restraints. We've also learned to what? Look at both sides of a decision, brothers and sisters. Count the cost before you make a decision, brothers and sisters. Now, what we're going into is considering the warning signs, brothers and sisters. We must consider the warning signs if we're going to make the proper destiny decisions. And we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. He is in the way of the life that keepeth instruction. Read that again. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction. But he that refuseth reproof erreth. But what? But he that refuseth reproof erreth. See? So obeying instruction and warnings is clear proof that we are noble and wise, brothers and sisters. But disregarding the warning signs will force us to learn the lesson of life the hard way. Brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Most High will give you warning signs. Read that again. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. See? So the ability to reject our thoughts in order to listen and obey is compulsory for success, brothers and sisters. See, this is what we're talking about. Why? Because a lot of times... We are set on something specific. I'm set on having that car. There's nothing that you're going to show me that's going to make me not want to get that car. And we're just talking about the principle. This is not about a car, brothers and sisters. That same principle is used in many different aspects, brothers and sisters. So if you ignore these warning signs, you're going to receive the repercussions for that, brothers and sisters. And this proverb, this simple lesson, you know, the, the, the lesson from this proverb proves two things. Your character and your future, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 16 and 25, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, see, brothers and sisters. Self-deceit is blinding and damning, brothers and sisters. And it leads us to destruction. So we have to learn to hate our own thoughts, brothers and sisters. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. That's why the scripture tell you don't judge by, by appearance, brothers and sisters. Allow him to instruct you, whether he say yay, whether he say nay, whether he say move to the left or move to the right. You have to trust that. That's called faith, brothers and sisters. And if you can't trust that he knows what's best, you have no faith. See, we think faith is just believing Christ came and died on our sins. Yeah, that's a part of faith, but that's not the hardest faith. The hardest faith is knowing, uh, believing that the decision he wants you to make is the right decision. <laughs> See, that's the hard faith right there. Read that again, brother, please. 
Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. The first clause describes a man's personal opinion about a particular matter. But the end thereof are the ways of death. But what? But the end thereof are the ways of death. The second clause describes the end or result, brothers and sisters, where it says ways of death, plural. See? <laughs> if you have to go with what you feel, what you believe, there's going to be many different ways for you to destroy yourself. And Satan will utilize them all. Satan will utilize them all, brothers and sisters. But the end thereof are the ways of death, brothers and sisters. See, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. That's why the Bible is telling you, you must be objective. You must be objective. Do not rush. Gather all the information you need. And do not ignore the warning signs. Do not ignore the warning signs. Let's go to Isaiah, brother. Chapter 30, verse 21. Destiny decisions, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, Saying what? This is the way, walk ye in it. Saying what? This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. See, so we must closely monitor the navigational instruction coming from the Most High, brothers and sisters. And in order to exercise wisdom and good judgment, it's important to take heed to our conscience, brothers and sisters. Same way if you've ever seen that movie Matrix in the beginning when Morpheus was talking to Neo on the phone. He was in the office. He was telling him, go left, hide behind this desk, go down, back up, duck down. And the enemy was trying to attack him this whole time. The Most High will be instructing us, brothers and sisters. You have to take heed to his instruction. Read that again. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. See, so we must seek the Most High and trust him explicitly, brothers and sisters. We cannot let our heart dictate our path, brothers and sisters. Anybody who's, whose heart is... Is stronger than, you know, is strongest rather in decision making. If that's what you're utilizing for decision making, you cannot be used by the Most High. You cannot be used because you're being led by your heart and not the Most High, brothers and sisters. You have to learn to go against what you're feeling, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to Proverbs 10 and 9. Because sometimes a decision could jeopardize our integrity or hinder my witness for the Most High. And we have to understand when that happens, that's a clear indication to stay away. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that pervert, perverteth his ways shall be known. See? So the promised reward is his blessing, brothers and sisters, life success and no fear of hypocrisy of being discovered. But it says, but he that perverted his ways shall be known. So rejecting instruction and choosing our own way will lead a man to pain and suffering. 
and his perverse rebellion will be revealed to others, brothers and sisters. It will be revealed. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that... that Take your time, read that again. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his way shall be known. See, so if you're making the right decision, you have nothing to worry about, brothers and sisters. But if you're perverting your judgment, if you're perverting his way, you shall be known, brothers and sisters. The Most High will deal with a public revealing. He will publicly reveal what you've been doing in the dark, brothers and sisters. This is crystal clear, brothers and sisters. So anything that can be used against us in our witness for Christ, brothers and sisters, you never make that decision because you're counting the cost. And the cost is if I get caught on this or I do this and it's the wrong decision, everybody's going to see that. And I won't be able to recover when it's concerning delivering truth. Because people are going to say, how can you deliver making proper decisions? And these are the decisions you're making, brother. <laughs> See? So that must always be in your mind, brothers and sisters. That must always be in your mind. And most important, will this decision jeopardize my integrity or hinder my witness for the Most High God? The Most High, Ahaya, Ashaw, Ahaya. The great I am that I am. Now, let's go to Proverbs 11 and 14, brothers and sisters. Because there's, there's something we have to deal with here concerning decision making. And this is one of the key parts of making godly decisions. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is... The people fall. Read that again. Where no counsel is, the people fall. This is the value of advice, brothers and sisters. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. See, so the text tells us not to neglect advice, brothers and sisters. Why? Because sin has a strangely deluding influence over those whom it tempts. There is a way which seemeth right to a man. See, that's why you have to seek counsel. Because they're not blinded by the temptation you're blinded by, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Multitude of counselors. Why? Because what one may miss, another may hit, brothers and sisters. See, so you go to, and let me be clear. It's not safe to go indiscriminately to all sorts of people, brothers and sisters. I'm going to go to a believer, somebody who's following his laws. I'm not going to a sinner. I'm not going to somebody who's celebrating Christmas. <laughs> I'm not going to somebody who's eating pork because you don't even know the right decision, brother. You definitely can't help me out. I'm going to go to a brother or sister that is in the fight with me against spiritual warfare, fighting evil, brothers and sisters. But it's telling us to seek advice, seek counsel, ask another brother or sister, what do you think about this situation? Do you think I should do this? Do you think I shouldn't do this? Give me your perspective of it. Because why sometimes, most times, a person who's not connected to it has a clear perspective. They have, if you have no dog in a the fight, then that's usually the person that you can trust. Why? Because if I have a dog in a fight, you better be sure I want it to win. 
So you need somebody who's not emotionally connected to a situation or circumstance, brothers and sisters, and ask them. Because why? Where no counsel is, the people fall. Further proof. We're going to Proverbs 12 and 15, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearketh unto counsel is wise. See? So you're not clear when you're seeing it through your own eyes singularly, brothers and sisters. And this is showing us the single best measure of wisdom is your ability to crush your own thoughts and receive instruction. Distrust our own judgments singularly and seek counsel from others. Seek godly counsel, brothers and sisters. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So understanding that, of course, if I want it, it's going to look right through my eyes, whether it's through justifying or whatever the case may be. Let me get somebody on the outside of this to tell me what they're seeing. And let me take that into consideration. See, brothers and sisters, and usually if we don't want to do that, there's repercussions and we'll show you. If we don't want to do that, guess what happens? Proverbs, brother. Let's go to Proverbs 1 and 24 and we're going to end it here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24. Because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. When you, it says, listen, when he's trying to instruct you, and you refuse, brothers and sisters, read. And I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set out, set at naught. All my counsel. So all his counsel, the people he's tried to get you to, you know, to do what's right, to see things clearly. And would none of my reproof. You didn't want to hear any of that. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will what? I will I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> see, this is the repercussion of ignoring his instruction, brothers and sisters. See, refusing his instruction. Brothers and sisters, I will laugh at your calamity. <laughs> when trouble come, when depression and all this stuff come, the Most High is laughing at that. He will mock you when your fear come. So this is showing you what? The main consequences of ignoring wisdom is that bad things are assured to happen. Brothers and sisters. And listen, once we've made a poor choice, it's too late to appeal for wisdom. Because you've already made that choice, brothers and sisters. And you have to reap what you sow. So if you make that decision, you have to live with what comes from that decision. Now, of course, you can repent of it and turn from your sin, but you still have to deal with the judgment for the decision you made, whether it's a small decision or a large decision. The principle is the same. Read that from the top, brother, verse 24. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Why, brothers and sisters? Because when rather than being pursued, wisdom is ignored, the consequences are nobody's fault but our own. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Read that again. Then shall they call upon me, but
but I will not answer. Brothers and sisters, this is the... <laughs> my question is, how many people know this God that's right here? <laughs> or have we been taught fables about a make-believe sugar daddy in the sky as God? Look at this, brothers and sisters. See, when you're finally broke down and humble, brought to the ground after you've rejected my instruction, after you understood what I was saying, you rejected it. You didn't take heed to none of the scriptures. It never applied to you. It never sunk in. All the people that I've sent to you. Read it again, 28. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproofs. See, so you didn't want none of my counsel. Everything I was saying that you didn't agree with, you hated it. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Sometimes the Most High will allow you exactly what you're asking for to show you it's not what you needed. And then you have to deal with that, brothers and sisters. This is the sound of divine justice making fun of fools who rejected instruction, brothers and sisters. See? When you ignore all the signs that he sends, all the people, all the scriptures that's there, that little voice that was in Isaiah that said, don't do that. Go here, turn left, turn right. When you ignore all that, guess what, brothers and sisters? Guess what? You have to deal with the repercussions of that, brothers and sisters. Because it tells you in verse 26, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when fear cometh. So that's telling you that calamity will come. <laughs> it didn't say if the calamity come. It says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Because why? Usually when we're destroyed and broke down and humbled, then we try to come back to the Father and expect him to just, you know, take you up into a cloud and change everything for you. But you don't deserve that. I don't deserve that if I'm ignoring his decision uh, methods, his methods of decision making. Now, today's lesson, brothers and sisters, was what? Destiny decisions. We wanted to use the Bible as a manual. To help us make better decisions. Decisions that will lead us to our ultimate destiny according to the Most High's will, brothers and sisters. And some of the tenets that we learn today, all of the tenets rather, that we learn today can be used in any decision. Especially life-changing decisions, brothers and sisters. So we must be able to use this method here. Why? Because... If you don't use this method here, you ignore this method here, it's likely that you'll, you'll make the wrong decision, brothers and sisters. That's why Psalm said, teach me in the way that I should choose. We don't know which way to choose, brothers and sisters. So we have to humble ourselves and acknowledge that. I really want to do this. Or my heart is telling me that. Buy this, buy that, go here, do this. But really, I don't know if that's going to have devastating repercussions. So let me do what? Let me use the methods contained in biblical text. Let me pray on it for the instruction. See? This is what we must do, brothers and sisters. This is what we must do. Today's lesson was destiny decisions, brothers and sisters. We want to say, Kwam Yashirala. Kwam Yashirala. Sin no more. Sin no more.